The Winnipeg Jets have been busy taking care of some business on the back end, and while a number of RFAs have resigned, things might not be in Winnipeg's best interest in the long term. We'll dive into how this might shape Winnipeg's plans going forward and what it means for some of these RFAs who have not exactly gone for term on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, the Jets have been taking care of some business on the back end with a number of restricted free agents. Uh, we haven't talked about all of them, but... You know, Dylan Sandberg, Gabriel Velarde, and Morgan Barron have all signed. A couple of them have gone to, like, arbitration, and, you know, the Jets ended up settling with a, a shorter-term contract. Now, all three players have signed for two years, which is uh, a little bit interesting. Usually, when you have a situation like this, right, this is kind of like that bridge contract to what a lot of these guys might be hoping is a raise. With, you know, Dylan Sandberg, the race is probably going to be, you know, noticeable, but probably a little bit more modest. If we're talking about Gabriel Velarde, I think that raise could be pretty significant. So what did these guys sign for to begin with? Well, uh, Dylan Sandberg, of course, extended for about $1.4 million per season for two years, which for those two seasons is phenomenal, you know, value in terms of uh, a top four defender essentially giving you two seasons worth of really, really, really cheap play. And given how good Sandberg has been on the defense, we all know that's pretty impressive uh, for, for the value that you're getting those next two seasons. Morgan Barron has also re-signed, and the Jets got him locked up for two seasons at $1.35 million per season. And then Gabriel Velarde came out just a little bit ago at two years and a little over um, 3.4 mil per season. So you notice all these guys have extended for relatively cheap contracts, but the term is where things start to get interesting. Two seasons. And in my mind, you know, two seasons is... It's not great if you're the Jets, right? This is a really tough position to be in because two seasons you're probably not expecting if you were hoping to lock up Velarde or any of these other players. Baron, I don't think the Jets were really trying to go for a lot of term with, but Velarde, I would imagine Winnipeg would have preferred uh, at five to six seasons locked up at a reasonable cap hit. But my guess is, you know, a lot of these players are looking at the cap going up to maybe $90 million in a couple of seasons, and they want to wait it out. And it's hard to really blame them, right? These guys are looking for a raise. They're going to want to um, have a, a solid bridge towards that end and make sure that they, they get paid on their next contract. The problem for Winnipeg is that 
Velarde in particular, you know, he's he's going to be a, another situation where he's going to be one year out from uh, UFA status, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on the Jets to try and you know get a deal done before then. Now, if he doesn't want to stay, you could be walking into an, like another Pierre Luc Dubois situation. I don't envision that being the case this time. Uh, I feel like Velarde might not be the kind of guy who's really keen to fly, but maybe he wants to leave. Maybe he doesn't really want to commit to the Jets. I can understand in some respects if he looks at this team and what's you know happened over the past couple of seasons, and maybe he feels a little bit more hesitant to uh, to put himself here long term. But in the meantime, you know the Jets are getting three great players at really good value contracts. Uh, Baron, in particular, I think has the potential to be a really good you know, middle six player in terms of a guy who is really close to putting it all together. I've said in the past, the only thing he really lacks is just finishing. That's the only thing in Barron's game that hasn't quite seemed to click. And at times, you know, it didn't matter last year because he was creating so many good chances down low. He had great passes and, you know, he even chipped in a few goals and assists. But I feel like if he adds that finishing element, that was one of the only things missing from his season last year. I could envision him becoming a guy that you might want to bring back for like three or four years after that. Uh, Baron, I'm, I'm very high on as a player who I think is like, you know, the Andrew Kopp replacement. We had kind of hoped that it was going to be Appleton and that that didn't really materialize uh, in the way that I think we were expecting. But so far, so good with Baron. Uh, the season, you know, the, that he just had really highlighted a step forward. And personally, I'm pretty excited for his next year. I have had him as a guy who I could imagine having uh, a bit of a breakout season. I, I think that he's right on the verge of being really impressive. But as it is right now, for those two seasons, you're getting a really good middle six player at almost no real cost. And, you know, I've already said the same for Sandberg. Dylan, obviously, is a really quality second pairing defender, maybe our best overall defender, and a guy who could, you know, for the next two seasons, really anchor the, um, the number three or four spot on the blue line should the Jets maybe move some salary out. Velarde, I, I feel like, you know, so long as he stays healthy and is able to play out the season, I think, you know, for $3.4 million is technically a steal. Now, that does come with a caveat that uh, after the steal ends, things get dicey very quickly. And so I think it's really important for the Jets to think about, you know, over the next couple of seasons, how do we take advantage of what could be a very favorable cap situation? You know, Wheeler's been bought out. The Jets might have some, you know, flexibility to move out a couple of the blue liners who are currently eating up a fair amount of cap space. That might give the Jets some thought as to maybe taking a real run at it. We'll dive into why I feel like Winnipeg really should consider uh, changing plans and and altering how they approach this season. And I'm going to say this already: it's, it's not that I'm a particular fan of this, but based on you know what the Jets have said and what the trade market looks like. This might be the best option if Winnipeg really doesn't feel that other stuff is going to fall into place the way that they were hoping for ahead of the season. We'll talk about what could change in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first uh, your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. All you have to do is just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets back, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. For you Jays fans, obviously, 
been a bit of a rocky season, but you're hoping that maybe they finish top three in the AL East. As an O's fan myself, I'm hoping that the bullpen survives, and maybe it's time for both sleeves. But no matter what you're interested in, you can do so on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you get paid instantly only with FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jets fans, thank you for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about the RFAs that have extended and maybe some change in plans to how the Jets are going to approach the next season or two. Now, we just talked about Velarde, Sandberg, and Barron signing for two years, and I think that is a very clear indicator of uh, players who are kind of betting on themselves and looking ahead at, you know, two seasons down the road, the cap might be around 90 million at that point, which would be great if you're a free agent for the jets. Maybe not so great if we're being honest, uh, financially speaking, you know, I know everyone will always say that the jets have an extremely rich ownership group. And that is very much true, but we all know that when it comes to actual operating funds and budgeting, the jets have some tighter restrictions than a lot of other teams. So, you know, this situation isn't ideal, especially when you're talking about, you know, the next crop of young talent needing big raises. And to that point, you're also now looking at a situation where Shifley and Hellebuck uh, so far appear to be starting the season in Winnipeg. All of this to me is starting to point to the the, the notion that the Jets um, really should be thinking about going all in this season. I know that it's really risky, and I think in my mind, it, it's not how I would do it, but if the Jets are looking at the trade market, they're seeing that both Shifley and Hellebuck aren't really getting great returns, which is probably the case because we all knew that Hellebuck probably wasn't going to bring back a King's Ransom anyways. And Shifley, for as great as he is, is ultimately still a rental. You're just not going to get a lot for those kinds of assets. And I think that's where the Jets have really run into this question of, okay, if we can't trade them for what we're asking for, is it really worth getting rid of them immediately, right? Should we just ride into the trade deadline and make a decision then? Now, obviously, when you get to the trade deadline, you might run into even more diminishing returns. I don't know that teams are really going to be in a bidding war for either of these players. I, I can imagine that there will be plenty of suitors, but I just don't know that, you know, come trade deadline, the Jets are really going to be getting crazy knock-your-socks-off offers. And I think the other question is, you know, where are the Jets going to be at that point in the season? Are they going to be at the top of the Central Division? Are they going to be in the middle of the pack? Are they going to be fighting for a wild card spot? Or are they going to be out of the playoffs completely? And that is going to heavily influence what decision I think they choose. Now, for me, and I, I again, I'm going to preface this by saying this is not my first choice. But if this is how Winnipeg wants to play it, if they want to go for the playoffs, then I really feel like, you got to put all of the chips on the table and really chase it this season. I really feel like, you know, going halfway like the Jets have usually done just isn't going to work. I think Winnipeg should kind of go back to the 17-18 team, look at what made that team really successful, and think about investing in some upgrades. Obviously, the blue line is probably the single biggest area where the Jets still have some work to do. Like the forward group, I think the forward group is pretty darn good. And defensively speaking, I think that unit has also improved pretty significantly. Scoring depth has really improved. 
but the blue line is still kind of a question. The Jets don't have a clear number one outside of Morrissey. Um, and obviously I love Joe Mo and I think he is an elite number one, but you know, for as much as I love him, right. You look at Adam Fox, you look at Kel McCarr, some of these other guys, and they're doing just a little bit more to become like franchise level defenders. And I think Morrissey is maybe just under a little bit, you know, I'm not going to say that he's not a franchise defender. I think he's fantastic. And I think he's really shown growth, but past Morrissey, you start to realize the depth kind of falls off. You know, Pionk is really struggling. At times, he puts up numbers that aren't really that dissimilar from Tyler Myers. You've got Brendan Dillon, who, again, is, like I've said before in the past, stout defender, maybe not so helpful when it comes to advancing the puck. Uh, Nate Schmidt uh, also, I feel, has really been disappointing for me. I was hoping for a lot more from Nate, and he just really hasn't clicked. And you look at his cap hit and the cap hits for the other guys, and you realize that there's a lot of money on this blue line in three to four players and not more than maybe one of them is really delivering what they're what they're being paid for. Uh, not to say that they're like failing expectations, but in terms of like your value on the ice, right? What are you bringing game in and game out? It's just not really working uh, in terms of their contract status. So the Jets are going to have to figure out how to open up some cap space. And I think not only would that help with the blue line and maybe finding some upgrades, but it would also give the Jets some room to maybe bring in a big rental. I think this is a year where they really should start thinking about going for all of it, especially if they're in a playoff spot come the trade deadline. And I don't just mean a playoff spot. I mean, you know, reasonably near the top of the conference. And this year, the, the Jets might legitimately be one of the stronger teams in the West. I know, again, that losing Hellebuck and Shifley for nothing would kind of be disastrous, but assuming the Jets want to chase uh, a ring, I mean, I just don't see any other way that you can do it without both of them. And maybe, you know, if things go really well with this whole um, season and maybe even a playoff run, maybe both players come back for like four to five years. I think if you get them in like that five-year contract extension for both, that's where I'm a lot more comfortable. I think. More than that, you start to ask some questions. But five-ish years, I, I think, would be pretty good timing for what's coming for the Jets, especially with the prospect pipeline. But obviously, you know, this Jets team has a lot of questions and not, not many answers, if we're being honest. I think this offseason has been characterized by uncertainty, and I think it's going to keep kind of going down to the wire before we even have, like, much clarity on what the Jets' plan is. But... Uh, in a little bit, I thought I would take some time and talk about at least what the road ahead looks like for the Jets and how this might shape uh, Winnipeg's upcoming preseason preparations as, you know, believe it or not, we are actually starting to near uh, next season. It's still a ways away, but the Jets are rolling up on it, and it's never too early to start getting hyped about what could be a pretty fun Winnipeg Jets season. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us on these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. I just wanted to spend a few minutes closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on how the Jets might be preparing for the upcoming preseason, right? This, I think, is one of the most intriguing off-seasons we've had because we had the Dubois trade. We've had some free agents who have resigned, but not with a lot of term. Almost everyone has kind of elected for two years. Um, and, and that really gives you a sense of Winnipeg's competitive window. 
especially with this current core as it is. And make no mistake, forward-wise, this is a good group. Defense-wise, it's questionable. Uh, goaltending, though, you know, you've got Persuan, and Hellebuck, and I mean, so long as Helly stays for this season, that's pretty darn amazing and almost unbeatable. Now, for the Jets, I, I feel like, you know, preseason is going to be a really big moment to see where uh, Brad Lambert, Rucker McGrory, and a few other guys are. Um, McGrory obviously has been the star in, in training camp thanks to his really fun personality and everything. Uh, I forget if his his NCAA status prevents him from doing preseason. Um, you know, that's always a really gray area because a lot of college athletes are, are limited in what they can do and what sort of camps and, and preseason stuff that they can show up for. Uh, and McCrory might be on that list. I forget that stuff is always very complicated. And um, <laughs> I'm sure teams love having to deal with it every, uh, every, every season, but otherwise, you know, Lambert and, you know, Chiprikov and a few other guys, I think the Jets are really going to want to take a close look at and see if maybe they start to get, compete for roster spots this year. I think with Lambert, the main thing that they want to see is, is he ready to go back to pro uh, in terms of his, WHO performance for the Thunderbirds. I mean, there was no question that he just tore that league a new one. Uh, Lambert regained confidence. He looked assertive and he really just dominated the competition with Chibrikov. I, I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised at just how good he is. Uh, he should be obviously a player who anchors that moves top six, but there's a chance that if he has a really strong preseason, he might even compete for like a third or a fourth line spot. And I think this is going to be a really important time for the Jets to start figuring out if maybe they have some pieces who might be better served, uh, you know, getting a change of scenery. Appleton, for me, I think is one of those players because he's he's actually making quite a bit uh, and his cap hits not small, which for the Jets is a little bit of an eyesore when it comes to trying to maybe bring in an extra rental or something. And, you know, while Mason in the past has been really decent and a fun player, I think what we've seen recently just hasn't been the kind of performance that the Jets really need. And, you know, Winnipeg ultimately, you know, kind of needs to decide how they're going to approach this blue line. If they do keep it as it is, I think the Jets are going to have a pretty good season, but I think that blue line is going to be not necessarily an Achilles heel, but something that holds them back from really reaching that next level. For me, if the road ahead is to be really successful, they, they kind of need to start with figuring out how to move Schmidt. Um, I, I love Nate. I think that his personality is astounding. I love him to death. I think he's a great guy in the room. But, you know, for like almost six million in cap space, it, it just hasn't been the sort of performance that I was really hoping from him. Uh, he's had games where he's shown in, in a positive light. And I think there are moments where you can see the version of him that used to play for the Knights. But the version of him that the Jets have, I mean, I think you kind of get the sense, right? You know what it is. You know the score. And it's not really surprising that things haven't quite gone according to plan. Dylan, at least, I think would actually fetch a decent return, you know, maybe a second round pick or something. And as much as I think he's actually done a pretty darn good job for this team, you know, for four million, you, you got to have a little bit more versatility. And while Dylan has actually tried to grow his game a lot for the Jets, and I feel like has maybe even done some things that are a little bit underrated. Overall, you know, I would prefer to maybe start looking internally because um, you've got guys like um, Chisholm, right, who who require waivers. And that's going to be tough for the, the, the Jets this year because you don't want to lose him. Now, Chisholm also is for me is a little raw. Uh, I know a lot of people will always point to, to Heinola as having a lot of mistakes in this game. Well, trust me, Chisholm is going to be like that, too. Maybe at times even worse. 
but you know, you want to give a lot of these prospects really good opportunities to make the team. I think it would be really important for at least one of the other young blue line prospects to filter into this team this year because the Jets have actually drafted well in terms with you know like puck movers, right? Salomonson looks really strong. Uh, Heinle, we know, has been obliterating the AHL for the past year or two. And Chisholm has the potential to become a really solid third pairing blue liner. Maybe not second pairing or first pairing, but at least on the back end, a guy who could um, be a really good internal upgrade and give the Jets some more jump, maybe even on the power play too. And that's obviously an area where I think Winnipeg could really improve. So if the Jets can, can work on upgrading a piece or two on the blue line, I think this Jets squad going into next year would fill me with a lot more confidence, especially if they decide to keep Shifley and Hellebuck. If they don't, I, I feel like keeping both of those guys could bite Winnipeg in the butt. But if they do make the right changes and make some adjustments, Winnipeg might legitimately be a cup contender again. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We need to just be measured with how the, the Jets historically have been in terms of roster upgrades. But hey, maybe this is a season where they surprise us. Let me know who you want the Jets to acquire in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe pick out a D or two that you think would really upgrade Winnipeg's blue line, and we'll talk about on the next episode how that might impact and reshape Winnipeg's defensive strategy. But for tonight's show, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow and Friday for even more off-season coverage, so do not go away. Have a great night, and go Jets go!